Your news, your entertainment, your business. We're on a mission from God. This is the Rich Rossman Show. Good afternoon, everybody. It's uh, Rich Rossman. It's 5 o'clock. Welcome to uh, 880 The Biz, the Rich Rossman Show on a... Very special day uh, for uh, for all of us today in the United States. Very uh, very exciting, very emotional. Uh, I know I was watching uh, what was going on in Washington today, and uh, just a very uh, very unusual, really wonderful time. And uh, and I'm very glad that I, I'm alive to see uh, what happened today. I got to tell you, I've never seen so many people at an election, an inauguration, rather in in my lifetime. I started watching these things in the fifties. And uh, I, I don't recall almost two million people showing up uh, to watch an inauguration. It's just an, an amazing amount of humanity there, uh, braving the uh, the cold weather. It just always seems the weather turns lousy and cold whenever they have an inauguration. It was that way for Kennedy. It was really, really cold. And, and it was that way for Reagan. It was really, really cold. Um, I'm not sure about Bush, one or two, but I know that for Kennedy it was really freezing. What do you think, Wanda? It is January, after all, in the Northeast. Yeah, I know that. And it just, just works out that way. But by sometimes you by can... The way. It doesn't have to be 10 degrees or something. And, you know, here we are in this incredibly cold... I know, I know. We need a little global warming right now. We haven't... We don't have enough global warming right now. But uh, but it was a very, uh, very, very interesting day, um, you know, watching uh, Mr. Obama become the president, the 44th president uh, of the United States, which is, uh, you know, very, very thrilling. You know, I just, I have to tell you, I was, I was watching it, and I was watching the setup. I started looking at around 11.20, and uh, I know a lot of you did. A lot of people were just jazzed on it. A lot of cars were off the road, as a matter of fact. People were watching this. It was a very thrilling, exciting time. And um, it was, it, 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 it became an emotional thing. I, I was thinking about it more and more and more. And that's what this election has really done uh, and for me a lot. And for a lot of people, and it just—it's really shifted um, my views on a lot of things and and expectations of people. And I think this is good. I, I, I from that perspective, whether he's going to be a good president, bad president, I don't know. We don't know that. We have no idea. You know, time will, and history will tell that. Um, you know, he's going to have his challenges. He's coming in to the worst economy since the depression. He has to deal with that. We're on war, at war in uh, in Iraq and uh, Afghanistan. You know, we have terrorism all over the world. We have banks failing. You know, we have. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than this right now for a guy to come in, and so he's got his hands full. So he's going to be challenged. And on top of that, you know, God forbid something happened with these crazies out there who want to hurt the United States and the West. They're probably going to do something, you know, pretty dastardly over the next few months or a year or so to challenge this guy. And that's just the way it goes. You know, they all get challenged in some form and fashion. They're going to want to, want to find out if he has the metal to make hardcore decisions. And I guess, you know, that's true. Now, we're going to find all that out. But having said all of that, uh, I just was very much uh, in awe of what was happening today. Because I think one of the things that Obama said today that just really strikes home is that 60, 65 years ago, um, folks like his dad uh, could never go in even into, into the theaters that white people would go into, couldn't go into restaurants that white people could go into. So for the first African-American, for Barack Obama, to become the president and stand there and take the oath from the chief justice who, by the way, didn't do a great job delivering the oath today. 
you know, he kind of flubbed it up, and I think he blew, yeah, well, he blew yeah. the rhythm. He blew the rhythm for Obama. It's all right. You know, and Obama was you know, excited. He's saying, "Oh my God!" He was, and the he was president. Really gung ho there. If they were they're both very gung ho, and they got they their lines over overlaid the other line uh, with excitement. But uh, and and uh, and the chief justice was doing it without notes. He was doing it from memory, which I presume he's able to memorize things like that. He's the chief justice for God's sake. But um, but when you think about that, that just you know, 50, 60 years ago, African Americans in the United States, you know, could never get a fair shake, and uh, and and couldn't just go into a movie theater. I mean, Sammy Davis Jr. could play Las Vegas in the 60s with the Rat Pack, but Sammy Davis Jr. Couldn't go in the front door in a lot of the Vegas hotels, and he couldn't even stay in the better rooms in the Vegas hotels. Yet he was headlined in the Vegas hotels. That's in my lifetime. That's in 1960, 1959. You know, with the hottest group of, group of guys in the world, which is the Rat Pack, which of course Frank Sinatra, and uh, Dean Martin, and uh, Sammy Davis Jr. and uh, all the others that were there. So, so for us to have witnessed today a black man becoming the president of the United States, well, that's going to take your breath away. That really has to give you pause. And, and, and you think about it, what do you think it does for a man like Barack Obama? You know, I watched him when he was not in front of the crowds, which had to be unbelievable. It's one thing to be in front of 60,000 people. It's another thing to get in front of 2 million people. That's a lot of humanity. That's a wave. That's a tsunami of humanity. And when you looked at him before he was walking out, and they had it on all the different channels, I kept surfing from you know Fox down to CNN to CNBC to MSN, just wanted to see the different camera angles. You looked at his face. Wanda, did you see it? He looked pretty severe when yeah. he was, before he went out. Focus. He looked focused. He looked, but he looked very concerned. It's not like he's running for office and, you know, that's off in the distance and you're all jazzed out because you're going to do this and you're going to win and you're going to beat this other person and you're going to get the, you know, the, uh, the nomination and then you're going to get the election. But then when it's there and you're about to take on the weight of the world, you're the strongest, most powerful man in the free world, person in the free world, and the mere survival, the very survival of this country, this great country, is resting on your shoulders and in your mind. You have to make the right decisions to protect every person in the United States, including your family. That's a pretty heavy-duty thing to think about. And and you could see it in his face today. I've never seen him look so serious, so severe, so focused, so concerned, because it's all up to him right now. You're listening to Ray Charles before he died, of course. Ray Charles in uh, the anthology album. And it's America the Beautiful. And I think if Ray Charles was alive, Ray Charles would have been there today. He would have been there today instead of Aretha. Who, well, by the way, gave homage to Ray Charles because she said something about Brother Ray. You go listen to that on YouTube today. And and uh, and listen to that. You'll see what she's saying. So I thought we'd play a little bit of Ray Charles. Then we'll take the break and we'll come back with an uh, interview with uh, Ford. We'll be right back. This is Rich Rothman. On Inauguration Day 2009, along with Wanda Miles, we'll be right back on 880 The Biz. The Jim Molina International Trade Consortium, or the ITC, promotes Miami-Dade County as a global gateway by enhancing international relations, cultural understanding, and international trade. Every year, the ITC leads two business development missions to countries that have the potential to increase trade with our community through Miami International Airport or the Port of Miami. 
The ITC is the official county agency charged with the development of this trade and functions as an umbrella organization or clearinghouse for other trade development efforts within the county. Our vision is to promote and strengthen Miami-Dade County's excellent business climate, strong international financial services, and rich cultural diversity, making it the logical platform for trade with Latin America and the Caribbean. For more information about the J. Molina International Trade Consortium, go to MiamiDade.gov slash ITC or call us at 305-375-5808. It might be as simple as a water heater that bursts and floods your home. It could be as devastating as a fire that destroys your home. Either way, you need someone to represent you to make sure you get the maximum compensation from your insurance company. You need someone who knows how to prepare claims accurately. You need someone who can help you get a prompt and equitable settlement. You need East Coast Public Adjusters, one of the largest and most dependable firms in the insurance industry. East Coast Public Adjusters will be there for you every step of the way, from the initial evaluation and throughout the preparation of your claim. Sometimes people settle claims with their insurance company only to realize they're entitled to much more. East Coast Public Adjusters will help you reopen your claim and try to get you the money you need. If you've suffered damage to your home from flood, fire, lightning, wind or smoke damage, or even theft, you need East Coast Public Adjusters. Call East Coast Public Adjusters today. 305-441-0882. 305-441-0882. Or on the web at eastcoastadjusters.com. Should commodities be part of your investment portfolio in 2009? What might be the performance for commodities in 2009? Where are the energy prices going? Is the bearish trend coming to an end in the U.S. dollar? Should I own gold or silver? Will the cost of food go up or down? If these questions are important to your investment strategy, then you should be talking to MB Wealth, a full-service commodity brokerage, to find out how MB Wealth is positioning its clients to take advantage of commodities over the next few months and quarters. Let MB Wealth help you at the retail level or advise you on a partial asset allocation with a commodity trading advisor with an established track record. In this volatile economy, it is more important than ever to have a diversified portfolio. Find out more on commodity investment specifics by calling MB Wealth at 954-929-9997 or log on to our website at www.mbwealth.com. While you're there, check out MB Wealth's weekly commodity commentary plus monthly research articles, tools that can help with your investment decisions. Call Matt Bradbart, President MB Wealth, at 954-929-9997 for all the details. MB Wealth, a full-service commodity firm. Risk of loss in trading commodity futures and options can be substantial. All funds committed should be purely risk capital. Past performance is no guarantee of future trading results. Seaboard Marine is an ocean transportation company that provides direct regular service between the United States and the Caribbean Basin, Central and South America. Seaboard Marine's success in the region for nearly 25 years has enabled it to expand into new markets, now serving nearly 40 ports in over 20 countries. Seaboard Marine's facilities include a private terminal of nearly 70 acres at the Port of Miami. Seaboard Marine carries more cargo to and from the Port of Miami than any other carrier. Although this facility complies with and exceeds all governmental security mandates, it operates seven days a week, 365 days a year, a unique convenience for its customers. Seaboard Marine serves these routes from Miami. 
Bahamas, Grand Cayman, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Eastern Caribbean, Haiti, Jamaica, North Central America, South Central America, Venezuela, and the West Coast of South America, including Peru, Chile, Bolivia. Seaboard Marine, a trade leader in the Western Hemisphere. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Robinson. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL, customer service is back in shipping. Fresh talk with a South Florida flavor. If you ask me, everybody in this theater is a giant sucker, especially you. This is the Rich Rothman Show. Liberating Who more than I love, I just love Ray Charles. He is, has always been my favorite since I discovered him when I was a kid in the late 50s. Just doesn't get any better than Ray Charles. I'm just, that's why I'm convinced he would have been there today singing that song. Absolutely. And I, I'd like to thank Aretha Franklin for paying homage to him by saying Brother Ray. So I, I know she felt the same way. Uh, anyway, on the phone right now, Dr. Charles Russo. How are you, Dr. Russo? Hi, Rich. How are you doing? Very interesting day today. You know, I'm, I'm trying to capture my thoughts about today because, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I tend to be more to the right and somewhat of a Republican. If you, people listen to me for the last year, they know that. But the more I think about it, I was trying to think about this on the way over. You know, uh, Obama, in his speech, President Obama's inauguration discussion today, talked about the fact that 60 years ago, uh, 50 years ago, uh, his dad, you know, uh, and, and people of that era, and, the, and I remember that, you know, couldn't walk into a movie theater in certain parts of the country and couldn't go into a restaurant in certain parts of the country, had to go into a side door in the Greyhound bus. Absolutely. You know, just couldn't do the, I mean, and we, Sammy Davis Jr. couldn't even, in the hotels that he was playing in the sands, had to go in through the side door, not the front door. You know, I listened to his speech. I thought it was a very good speech. It certainly wasn't on the order of uh, John F. Kennedy's speech, but I think it was an excellent, excellent speech. I sent, uh, it covered a lot of topics, a lot of timely topics, and I think he said all the right things as he usually does, and we just have to hope that he can uh, prevail because I think he has the right attitude. Uh, although, as you are, I tend to be leaning more right than left, but I think he tends to... to um, to be more of a centrist, at least he portrays himself as that now, and I'm, I'm hoping that he can uh, take the, the, the crazies in his party and drag them to the center and not listen to them at this point. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that too. So I had uh, very interesting emotions today, and I was watching this. Now, I've been watching uh, inaugurations since the mid-50s when I was, let me think, I'm born in 47, so in the mid-50s, I'm kind of old enough, you know, uh, starting with Adlai Stevenson, that, that election with Eisenhower. Uh -huh. And so I remember the inaugurations, and I follow them, every one of them, ever since. I never remember seeing about two million people show up in twenty-degree weather. Absolutely not. Absolutely, it was the views were spectacular. And online, they even had panoramic views that you could look around. Uh, it was absolutely spectacular. It was a tsunami of humanity there. It's, a, it's you know what? It's a great day for the United States, and and everybody has to wish this gentleman well because all our fates are in his hands at this point. And you know what? He knows that because he looked pretty severe before he walked up there today. He, did. he looked like he looked like he aged in the last month. <laughs> well, you know, he looked like as 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 concerned as I was when I was about to give my haftorah at my bar mitzvah, and I only knew it by memory. And if anyone had stopped me anywhere as I started in that Hebrew, because I couldn't do the Hebrew, I memorized the sounds. And if anyone said "Nice going, Rich," I was dead. Because I would have to start from the beginning, because that was the only way I knew how to do it. Dr. Russo has a book out, The Fort Lauderdale Diet. 
and we want to talk about that. Today's a start. It's it's a, it's a beginning. It's a new beginning for the United States. It really is a, a almost like a weight. Now that I said that, a weight taken off our uh, our minds and in our chests a little bit uh, from the history of the United States. It's a good time, I think, for us. It's it's a good thing. Charles, how could somebody look at this moment? Maybe they can grasp that moment and do something good for themselves based upon some of the thoughts that you have in your book. Well, again, I, I think that uh, as we were talking about the last time. The new year really lends itself to changing our thoughts, uh, having the right kind of frame of mind. I think everything has to start with your frame of mind. If you're not in the right frame of mind, you really cannot uh, have a new beginning. I think that there are two ways to do things. There are some people out there that, that think that you really have to have a radical change and blow things up in order to get things done. And then there are other people uh, and I'm, uh, of, the, uh, of the mind that you really start small and you start setting short-term goals for yourself uh, in, in order to fulfill long-term goals. I don't know if you remember that movie that was out a while ago called What About Bob with uh, yes, Dreyfus and Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah. Baby steps. Take <laughs> yeah, baby, baby steps. steps. Exactly, exactly, Rich. I think that's what you have to do. And that's what I, I try and tell um, uh, my patients all along the way. As I said, just, just pick one meal once a week and a second meal and a third meal and a fourth meal and try and then you know try and get out step out the door walk for 15 minutes walk for 20 minutes walk for 30 minutes and then build on these little steps one at a time um, and that's how you make a positive uh, a positive start and a positive beginning um, I think that's better I think the more severe a change is the less likely that people are going to be able to uh, accommodate that change in their life I think I think you have to deal with reality and reality is that uh, big changes don't work and little changes do work and, and little changes on top of little changes are the best way not only that when it comes to dieting as everybody has heard when you have these yo-yo diets where people go up and down and up and down and up and down it's less healthy than if they just stay fat well that, that does that mean that everybody should stay fat of course not what it means is that diet and the word diet uh, really means what you eat on a regular basis, it's not what we've kind of morphed it into, which are these short-term fixes for our weight problems. You really need to change the way you eat, change your attitude toward eating, and change the way you live and, and exercise. And if you can do that and do it in small increments, you'll be fine. Well, let me ask you this. You know, when people look at themselves in, in the mirror, and we all do that in the morning, mm -hmm. you know, and I look yep. at myself and I go, wow, I don't look like I did. 15 years ago, this is pretty scary. I look like my father. I don't like this very much. And you want to start losing weight, which is not easy to do when you hit my age, which is about 60. And um, maybe what you need also is some realistic goals. I mean, for someone to say, I need to lose 15 pounds. Well, I think to me, 15 pounds sounds like a lot of weight. For somebody to lose. Well, it would for you because you're a thin guy. Most people really need to be losing, you know, upwards of 25 to 35 to 40 pounds. But Whoa. apropos to what you're saying, um, well, the statistics, you know, bear, bear them out. You know, unfortunately, about when I wrote my book initially about four or five years ago, the statistics were that, that about 30% of the, our population was overweight and 27% uh, were obese. And now those are reversed. We've gotten fatter. Um, uh, thirty percent of us or more are are uh, blatantly obese, and uh, less than twenty seven percent or twenty five percent are overweight. But what you need to realize is that most of the bad effects of weight, particularly in terms of 
uh, diabetes and uh, and what we worry about in terms of what we call insulin resistance, uh, things that are pre-diabetic states. Most of those things are reversed just by the first nine to fifteen pounds of weight loss. Even if you need to lose thirty or thirty-five pounds, if you can at least lose the first ten or fifteen pounds and start exercising and hold your weight steady there before going up to other increments, you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck in terms of um, uh, health benefits right there. It's not that I'm trying, it's like when I tell smokers to keep quitting. I'm not telling, uh, I tell dieters to keep dieting in a, in a way uh, to change the, their attitudes and whatnot. But it, um, you will see a benefit initially with, with the first 9 or 10 or 12 or 15 pounds of weight loss. So, all right. Now, that's a scary thought when you're talking about how obese we've become. I mean, uh, that's, that's want, a scary you thought, want, you Charles. You want scary, Rich? Yeah, when I want scary. To, when I went to medical school uh, about over 25 years ago, adult onset, we had diabetes divided into what we called adult onset and juvenile onset. Now we call adult onset type 2 and juvenile onset type 1. Uh, juvenile onset diabetes was, is typically kids that occur uh, that have it between 8 and 15 years of age. It's usually a virus that destroys cells in the pancreas. They can't produce insulin. Uh, mo that's type 1 or uh, ins or low insulin uh, diabetes. That's only that accounts for less than 8 percent of all diabetes. Okay, 90 to 92 percent of all diabetics are really type 2 diabetics, where we actually have excess insulin because as we become fat we become insulin insensitive and the pancreas cranks out more and more insulin to try and overcome this insensitivity so we can absorb our calories and deposit fat and over time the pancreas does burn out and that's why even some adult onsets wind up using insulin but here's the thing adult onset diabetes was over the age of 40 when I was uh, studying in medical school and then it crept down into the 20s and 30s and now right here in Miami in, the, in our large Latin population, there are kids as young as eight years old with what we would have called adult onset diabetes, type 2 diabetes, strictly from being overweight. That's an epidemic. That's a real health problem. That's disgusting. I mean, that's scary. It, it, it is very scary. It's very scary. That's, um, so, all right, so when someone comes into your office and, 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 and they do their tests, I mean, how do you respond when are people coming in because they're maybe because more information is out there now and they they realize they can do something about their weight? Oh, are they coming in to say, "Hey, doc, save me"? Well, what they they come in to me for primarily is to, to first of all screen their heart and make sure it's safe for them to start exercising along with their diet that they're not going to just drop dead kind of thing okay but that's a good enough start um, there are most of the people we screen we find don't have significant coronary disease yet they've still got time to reverse uh, the ravages of age and, and being overweight um, some people are unfortunate and we do find problems with them thank God we find it and that that's usually the scary part that that will, will finally put them over the edge and say, listen, I've got to take this serious, seriously. Now I have a problem. I wouldn't have had it if I paid attention to things. Well, you know, there's a special that I was watching, you know, because I, I never sleep anymore, so I watch all these Discovery Channel thingies and, and Nat Geo and stuff like that at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, and there was a piece on the most obese man in the United States. And uh, his name is Anthony. I can't think of his last name, but he was out like a th almost a thousand pounds. He was oh my god! Oh my! He was like the great Fablage from you Saturday can't, Night you Live. Can't move. That's the blob, definitely. Yeah, I mean, he's in bed and he's working with whomever, 
Uh, and he's and he's married, Charlie. He's married. Uh, don't even go there. And um, well, uh, she can't go there because she can't find it. It's just <laughs> sad. It's just, no, no, no. It's just drop that. But uh, he's trying to lose, you know, a hundred and some odd pounds. He's he's on this program and he's doing it with the channel, you know, the, the uh, Discovery Channel or Natchi or whatever it was, mm-hmm. or maybe it was the Science Channel. But um, and and it's a team of doctors at some you know major. Uh, far west out in California clinic that they're working with uh-huh. uh, it's, it's very very sad you know what's interesting I think you're going to get a, it's, uh, not a kick out of it it's going to concern you but you probably know it that there are certain types of foods or certain types of companies in a down economy as we are right now the worst economy since the depression era actually since World War II but for example today it was announced on Market Watch that Lindt Chocolate that's a Swiss chocolate company L-A-N-D-T mm-hmm. all right is up 5.8% above the year before because people are going for their great tasting chocolate of course, to make them feel they good. They get depressed and, and food is comforting. Comfort food. I can't take it anymore. That's right. It's like Aunt Sophie. She just can't take it anymore. So Lint is, is doing really, really well right now. Domino's is doing really, really well now. Pizza Hut is doing really, really well because these people are, you know, maybe when you have a tight economy, you, you got to eat, as they say in the Checkers commercials, which I absolutely deplore. Mm-hmm. But but they're going to eat bad food. Mm-hmm. And and are you seeing that with some of your patients, or maybe your patients are better educated than that? Well, right now, obviously, most of my patients are trying to walk the straight and narrow, and most of them are not going to admit to me that they're doing that, although when they come in, every time they come in, they get weighed, and we have their height, and we know what their weight is doing, and we know what their BMI or the body mass index is doing, and if they're going up, they know they're doing bad things, and at this time of the year, I've got I've got a lot of patients coming in saying, it was the holidays, doc, I'll get on the straight and narrow again, give me a break, I know what I need to do, and, and as long as they're doing that, that's fine. As long as they've only put on a, a mild amount of weight, five or eight or ten pounds, they can get that off. Hopefully, uh, not more than that. Well, you know, we've gone through that in our household. You know, I will admit, starting around uh, uh, week before Christmas, probably that time period, maybe around the tenth to the fifteenth. You know, no matter where you go, I mean, uh, probably even in your offices, there were things that the ladies who work for you brought in and put into the kitchen. Absolutely. I mean, they do that in every. So, no matter which office you go to, you're going to find cookies and cakes and candies we and had a drinks. Birthday and, cake for one of my partners today in the office. Well, yeah, because that's what you do when you have a birthday. It's it's nice to do that. Yep. And um, but what we did, and 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 uh, what as soon as we were done with New Year's Eve and, and New Year's Day, I still count New Year's Day. I can go out and eat anything I want. But the but by January second that evening. All the cakes that we accumulated for that week period, gone. All the stuff from Grand Forno that we had, which are my favorite cookies in, in Fort Lauderdale, which, uh-huh. by the way, is the best bakery in East Fort Lauderdale, uh, out the window. Went, went, not out the window because I get in trouble for that, but down the, the disposal. And, and anything else that was really... And, and the ice cream, too, to a degree. That's got to go. Because I gain, I gain weight at that time of the year, but I try and knock it off. Um, but uh, it, it's when... You know, when you're up 20, and then you scared me a little bit. You say someone's up 25 pounds; they got to lose 20 pounds. That's 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 like a little body inside of you. Well, yeah. Well, the average person actually is somewhere between 25 and 40 pounds overweight. When you're talking about people that are um, obese and their BMI is already above uh, 30, um, that's what you're talking about, and that's that's uh, at least 30 percent of our population, and and 60 percent of our population has a BMI above 25. 
so which is uh, uh, considered overweight. So, I mean, that's the majority of our population now. But as I said, the worst is that it's happening to kids at younger and younger ages. It's a, it's, it really is a health ep- ep- epidemic. I know that, and that's why we're having Dr. Charles Russo on the show every week, and we're going to save the world to make it safe for humanity and democracy. Now, Charles has a book out, uh, Charles, The Fort Littledale Diet, and they can get that at Amazon? Yep, Amazon.com. And, uh, and by the way, if they want to just, you know, if you want to make an appointment and, and meet Dr. Russo and, 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 uh, if you have a cardiac problem, this is the man to see. He's well known on the east side of town. He's a terrific guy. How do they reach out your office? They can call on 954-772-2136. That's it. You know, 1-800. I'm a heart doctor. Yep. You know, he's the, he's the man. So we want to thank you for being on the show. Right. Interesting. We'll, we'll talk to you next week, Charles. All right, Richard. All right, thank God bless. Take well. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, just a very interesting thing. I find that to be amazing. And, and when, when Matt's here from MB Wealth, you know, we talk about all the, uh, the commodities, and we're talking about cocoa, for example. Cocoa is just kicking butt. It is, it is making so much money right now. Uh, for those who invest in it, like, like Matt said, he's made a lot of money with, with cocoa. Cocoa is one of the hottest commodities in, in the world right now. Chocolate. The, chocolate. Everyone wants chocolate. When they don't feel good, grab some chocolate. Are you a chocolate holic? Do you eat chocolate, Wanda? No, not really. Not, not, really. not a chocolate guy. No. Well. No. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm good with the sweets. Good with the sweets? Yeah, I'm good with the sweets. See, I, I kinda like dark chocolate. And that's, it's a small blessing, I know. Well, it is a small. I can do without the sweets. I'm good with them. I'm good. And that's why you're in good shape. That's it. You know. That's it. That's the bottom line. All right, we come back Uh, on the other side of the uh, half hour. We're going to have Coleman Pruitt Mm -hmm. uh, calling in. Coleman's running uh, for office in East Fort Lauderdale, and we're going to talk about that and what he's all about and why we should vote for him. That's the bottom line. So we'll be right back on the Rich Rothman Show, 880 The Biz. Don't go anywhere. It's 5:30. The Port of Miami is the second largest economic engine in our community, providing an annual economic base of over $16 billion and over 100,000 jobs. These are high-paying in-demand jobs, very much coveted by other cities and ports throughout the Americas. We're fortunate to have this business, and of that $16 billion, international trade and cargo at the port accounts for over $13 billion per year, a significant fact, as well as a significant economic impact for all of us, the Port of Miami, working to enhance and contribute to the economic success of our country, further reinforcing Miami and South Florida as the gateway to the Americas. A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airport. The new Miami International Airport. A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking lot. The new Miami International Airport. The only U.S. airport with sleep pods. The new Miami International Airport. The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined. The new Miami International Airport. And coming soon, 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport's savoir faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us move towards the future. The new Miami International Airport. Where in South Florida can you find a truly elegant hotel with 276 luxury guest rooms offering a newly renovated championship golf course, tennis courts, the largest hotel swimming pool in the country with private poolside cabanas, a world-class spa, 
and an award-winning fitness center with a restaurant that Zagat called one of the best restaurants in the country, all spread over a 150-acre tropical paradise landscape. Give up? At Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. Built in 1926, Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, the golf and spa resort, is a South Florida landmark. With all the amenities to make your next getaway weekend or night away from the kids a memorable experience. Visit www.biltmorehotel.com for more information or call 1-800-747-1926 for reservations. Your next great getaway weekend or night out awaits you at Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. Do you own a business outsourcing your accounting? Then call the accounting and tax experts at TNJ Tax Service. For over 30 years, TNJ Tax Service has been preparing taxes for South Florida companies and individuals. As enrolled agents with the Internal Revenue Service, the pros at TNJ Tax Service can represent you or your company professionally to the IRS. Have challenges with your company's bookkeeping? Then call TNJ Tax Services. QuickBooks certified. TNJ Tax Services can provide training on QuickBooks for any small business. If you need monthly or quarterly bookkeeping services to handle all of your payroll and business needs, then you need to call TNJ and J Tax Service, located at Taft and Flamingo in the Pillbox Plaza. Call 954-432-1700. 954-432-1700. TNJ Tax Services. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. From Atlantic Radio Network. Kids, if I may, you should always respect a parent over a close and seemingly more courageous friend of the family. This is the Rich Rothman Show. No matter how moronic, obnoxious, craven, and cowardly the parent seems to be. Welcome back. It's uh, 33 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you here today. Uh, on Inauguration Day, uh, very exciting time today. Uh, very, very exciting time today, to be perfectly honest. Uh, before we go much farther, I just I want to make a comment, uh, real briefly on on Wayne Heisinger, and um, he did a good thing the other day. He donated a vehicle to the pantry uh, of Broward, and we had the folks from the pantry of Broward on the show a few months ago. Bruce was on the show. Bruce Harris. Yes. And uh, and so Wayne, in in even though it's a down economy and things are tight. These people needed a, a, a truck or a, you know, like a, a minivan type of thing to deliver uh, meals to um, shut-ins, people who can't get out, seniors in need of, uh, you know, uh, of, of help. And, and he denoted a brand new, uh, devoted a brand new uh, Econoline Ford van to deliver food to those people. And I think that's a really nice thing to do. And he should get the credit for that. And people should know about that. You know, there's a good side to corporations. And, and I will say one thing. Wayne gives back to the community dramatically. And uh, never forgets, uh, you know, that, that Fort Lauderdale is his hometown. So uh, kudos to uh, Wayne Heisinga, H. Wayne Heisinga Jr. Good to good to know that. Uh, I be- we have uh, Coleman on the phone right now. Yes. Oh, terrific, uh, Coleman Pruitt. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. How are you there? I am here, Rich. Thanks. Well, uh, I'm glad to hear that. So let me just ask you. First of all, Coleman, of course, is, is uh, running for uh, you're running for the Fort Lauderdale Commission District Four. Yes, that's correct. Right. Okay, but before we get there, we're going to come right back and spend a lot of time with you. But uh, how do you feel about today? I mean, when you were watching this, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Republican, just as a citizen, did it do anything to you today when you were watching almost two million people standing in the cold waiting to hear from this new president? It, it, it's just it's just awe-inspiring. I, I sat with friends, and we watched the inauguration, and you saw the throngs of people on the mall, and you saw the peaceful turnover of power with, you know, President Bush there and the other presidents and vice presidents there. And you look around the world, and you see 
how traumatic and wrenching some of these power transitions can be, and then you see it done in such such a quality ceremony, and it's just it's just absolutely amazing. And to see uh, an, an inspiring man, you know, such a brilliant man like uh, President uh, Obama, take the oath of office, it's it's one of those moments that you won't soon forget. No, I I, I was I was just just watching it, and I just got very emotional about it because I felt this is just an incredible, incredible experience to see in my lifetime that, you know, this is, we've come such a long way and, and, to, and to be around to watch the first Afro-American uh, become the President of the United States is just uh, awe-inspiring. This was a moment that I, I never thought I would see and I'm very proud to have been here and watched this and, and participate in the whole process. It, it's a it's a very historic moment. I think as much as we appreciate that today, I think future generations will look back and and just be amazed at the progress that we have made. And now, having said that, let's talk about what you're going to do because you want to get elected and you want to do some good things for the community. So let's just let's kind of frame this out a little bit. You know, you are a local grown guy. I mean, you're from down here. I'm a I'm a South Florida boy. I grew up in uh, Western Palm Beach County and uh, attended uh, FAU in Boca. Graduated from law school at the University of Miami. I've uh, I've hit all three of our counties. And you and yeah, you've hit all three of the counties and, and all the great schools. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. you know, I'm I mean, very very have, proud of that. We we forget that sometimes, but we've got an excellent caliber of higher education in South Florida. We should always aim for higher, always aim for better, but we have some amazing institutions in South Florida that we should all be very proud of. We do. Now, now let's a little bit of background. You've been, you've been very active in the community for a long time, so let's talk just a little bit about some of the contributions that you've been involved in, some of your pro bono work that you've been involved in, because I think that's important. Well, it's, it's very important. I think the only way that you get to understand the issues in the city is, is to be active in it, to, uh, to work with the people in the community. And Fort Lauderdale has has a great history of having active communities, active neighborhood associations. And I live in the downtown area. We have probably the newest uh, neighborhood association because until a few years ago, there weren't even any residents downtown. That's so, true. There was no downtown. Exactly. And that's one of the things that we built in this city. We've worked very hard over the last generation to you know, make that transition from the spring break capital to a real sophisticated cosmopolitan city that we are today. And I'm very proud of the progress that we've made. And I'm very proud of our downtown. So, but 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 you know, when a, when a city grows, and in and in Fort Lauderdale, in the last ten years, has grown pretty quick. And I've been here a long, long time, and I've lived on the on the east side since '85. Now, in '85, we didn't have a downtown. You know, you went out, and I think the biggest building was the Landmark Building, right. you know, where the Tower Club is, mm -hmm. and and nothing else was around for that. Uh, you know, it just didn't exist. I I remember being in college when I. Um I uh, would take some classes downtown and would go to the uh, old downtown library and in the late 80s and uh, stand on top of the city garage there. I'd watched our skyline rising. I mean, I remember watching construction of the uh, the old First Union building in the New River Center. and It was amazing, but you're right. At the time, there wasn't really much of anything there. No, there wasn't anything there, and we really didn't have a lot of traffic to worry about. You know, every now and then in season... Even with the old bridge, you know, and uh, it, it became a little problematic if you were trying to cross over and the bridge was up and it got crowded. But generally speaking, it was manageable. <clears throat> I moved to Rio Vista in, in 85, and now I live over in the Harbor Beach area. But uh, which I'm really sorry I do because it's on the other side of the bridge. That's another whole story. <laughs> I don't want to go there. But, um, uh, but you know, as we... You're waiting. Yeah, but as, you, as we grew... A lot of problems develop. I think we, we have a, a number of problems in this community. 
And from my perspective, I think we have a lot of things that got out of control, traffic being one of them. I mean, we have a lot of traffic in downtown Fort Lauderdale, which hinders the ability to, to uh, I think it, it, it eclipses a little bit of the lifestyle that's so wonderful here. Well, you're right. I mean, living downtown, I see that every day. Traffic is a problem, and one of the exciting things about, you know, in some ways we're a victim of our own success. We have the traffic because we created such a welcoming community that people continue to come and the businesses continue to come. But we have to deal with, with those side effects, with those negative aspects of, of our success. One of the most exciting projects I see on the horizon is actually the, uh, the WAVE project, which the uh, Downtown Development Authority has been working so hard on for so long and they really deserve a lot of credit for but it's 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 a real environmentally friendly mass transit project which the goal is to help alleviate some of the problem of the traffic that we have in the downtown area and to connect some of our neighborhoods and creative to be the first segment of a real mass transit system that can help solve part of the traffic problem can you what is that going to be the wave system it's it's an electric streetcar more or less or light rail whatever they whatever mm -hmm. the terminology is but it's I mean, sort of like a trolley when long long time ago yeah, well sort of like that I guess it's a it's electric with the overhead wires um, much like I think some of the uh, systems that you might find in San Francisco or sure. Portland Oregon and it runs at grade it runs you know in a in a lane of traffic and in the initial segment that the DDA has been working on runs from um, Northeast Sixth Street on the north side through downtown all the way down to the hospital it's at 17th Street. Well, that's one area that's important. You know, um, what are some of the other things? Well, you're, now, first of all, District Four is where, so people know where that is. District Four is the southern district in the city. It runs more or less from the ocean and the Harbor Beach area all the way out to 441 in the Lauderdale Isles area. On the north side, it's generally bounded by Broward Boulevard, and then on the south side by uh, 595 in the New River. So, all right, now you've got, uh, I read some of the PR that's important about you. There are five areas of concern that you have, you know, five top issues. So let's go through those, you know, quickly. We've got about ten minutes, so let's yeah. do that, okay? Number one, you want to streamline Fort Lauderdale's government. Right. How are you going to do that? Well, Fort Lauderdale government is, we have wonderful people working at the Fort Lauderdale city government, and we need to be sure that we retain their talent. But one of the things that we can do and if we look around at other cities in the county like Coral Springs, what they have done is they've really changed the model on which the city government operates. It's less of a municipal model, less of a bureaucratic government model, and more of a private sector approach. Coral Springs actually has been receiving national and international awards for the work that they've done. And effectively, they have dramatically improved their citizen satisfaction with the city government, dramatically improved efficiency, and they've reduced expenses. It's it's not an easy process. It's not one that politicians like to, to take on because it takes a few years to reap the real benefits. But this is, if you look at the cities that have done this, this is something that can reduce our expenses, improve the quality of our services, and really give our citizens a, a, a municipal government that they can be proud of, a one, one that they enjoy dealing with rather than one that they dread dealing with. Okay, second one. You want to encourage the right kind of development and redevelopment. What do you mean by that? Well, Fort Lauderdale's got an, an old housing stock, and, and if you look around the city, we've seen lots of redevelopment in, in some of our neighborhoods. If you take a, a Rio Vista, like where you mentioned, where you used to live, for example. That went through an amazing metamorphosis. Right. And there have been lots of redevelopment in those neighborhoods, but a lot of it hasn't really been compatible with the existing neighborhoods and ex with the existing neighbors, and it's created tension. 
one of the things that I think that we need to do is be sure that any of that type of redevelopment that occurs be more sensitive to the environment that it is in which it finds itself. One of the ways that that happens is the city recently did a um, granted a contract with a company to to revise our uh, urban land development code to make changes to things like setbacks and floor area ratios and things like that to be sure that the new development that we have to replace our old housing stock fits in so that it doesn't look so out of place, so that it doesn't feel so out of place, so that people don't have to sacrifice their privacy in their homes. It's, it, it's what makes our neighborhoods not, like you said, they went through that seething change, and it's, it's difficult. This will make that kind of improvement easier, and it'll, be, it'll help our neighborhoods maintain integrity and quality that they have today. What about, let me ask you why we're talking about neighborhoods. What about um, affordable housing? Does that fit into this? Well, affordable housing is a real problem in South Florida, and I think it's a real problem in most urban areas. We seem to have think that we've solved the problem because the market has collapsed, but Mm-mm. but it, that couldn't be further from the truth. The market will will improve, housing prices will go back up, and what I would like to see us do is take the opportunity while the market is down, while there's little development, to work on our development code and to work on an affordable housing ordinance. We know that this is going to be a problem in the future, and it's irresponsible for us not to address it now Why we have the opportunity to do that. We have teachers and police officers and firefighters who can't afford to live in our city, and that's a problem. And we need to be sure that we're addressing that to be sure that we're a city for everyone. Okay, now the third one is you want to encourage strong economic development. And, of course, you have a very deep concern for marine environments and tourism, which is like a bread and butter here. Absolutely. Uh, and you want to protect the SMEs, the small businesses and maybe the mid-sized businesses. Let's talk about that. Number one, how are you going to encourage uh, strong uh, development, economic development? Well, we have, uh, you were talking about Mr. Heising a few minutes ago, yep. and we are a very fortunate community to have benefactor like Mr. Heisinga. And, you know, in, in, some, in a real sense, he has been the economic development engine for the city of Fort Lauderdale and Broward County for many years. It's time that we took over that goal. We can't rely on, on him for all of that. It's, it's a job for more than just the city of Fort Lauderdale. It's, it requires the efforts of the city. It requires the efforts of the business sector. It requires the efforts of Broward Alliance and Broward County, all of these groups working together. The issues that we face in economic development are, are, are large. It's not just do we have office space. It's not just do we have the talented workforce. It's also the quality of the educational system. And no one entity can address all of the concerns in economic development. Economic development. That's why it's critical that we get all of these concerned parties together to appreciate how important this is and to work together to make sure that we have an environment that companies want to grow in, that they want to relocate in, and to make sure that our companies that are here can remain strong and viable. Do you think you need to deal with this also on a, on a tax basis level uh, to encourage uh, either uh, reinvestment into the corporations that are here, which means expansion, or uh, provide uh, tax benefits or tax incentives for those who are trying to move here from, let's say, Indianapolis or something? It, it, that's always... That's always the approach, not always, but that's often an approach that governments take. And I guess I've got a couple of concerns about The first one is, in this environment, I don't know that the city of Fort Lauderdale or Broward County have the money to offer any sort of real <clears throat> significant Good point. Um, incentives. Secondly, if we build the right community, 
if we have the educational system, if we have the quality local government, if we have the quality of life that companies want, they'll come anyway. The money is often used to cover up problems that are there already. If we have the right environment, then they will come anyway. Let's let's go to the the tourism thing. How do you think we should be uh, developing? I know I know Nikki does it. Nikki Grossman, of course, right. does a terrific does a job, job forever. I mean, Nick, yeah. Nikki Grossman is the icon for that. We're very lucky to have her efforts. Exactly. So, how would you bolster that? How would you encourage? Now, there's been a, a tremendous growth spurt. I mean, I live on the east side, so I see it. We have tremendously wonderful hotels coming online over the next now and going out for the next couple of years. Um, what would you want to do if you're elected to to encourage uh, good tourist development and and yet at the same time not overwhelm what makes it such a wonderful place to come here? Well, and I think that there is a lot of concern out there on the part of uh, of citizens in the city that we may be o overwhelming that we that we built too much and we do have we're very fortunate that we have wonderful companies. And great hotel companies who want to build or who or who have already built here. Mm -hmm. and we've uh, we have the Ritz Carlton that's here. We have the W about to come online and the Trump about to come online. We have prospects for an amazing Mandarin Oriental and a great Waldorf Astoria. So uh, the future, as far as investment, is bright. What we need to do, though, is to be sure that if we build these, that we we create the kind of community that we want. I hear from so many people, and and I see it myself when I go to the beaches. You have these wonderful destinations, but there's not much of a community there. We need to work more on the pedestrian level. We need to make it friendly and welcoming place that you want to walk, other than just a one a up and down the beach. the The other aspect of that is, you know, we recently lost the Air and Sea show, and it may be coming back. And we have a proposal from Live Nation, who may do a concert on the beach. You know, these kind of events bring people to the city and they are also great events for our residents that are already here they put uh, heads in beds as they call it as Nikki would call it but yep. they also provide entertainment for our own residents and it gives us an international exposure I think if we can help promote the city by some high quality events that have as minimal impact as possible on our neighborhood I think that's a great route for us to take as well in terms of now as we We've watched in the last few years a big fight develop between the city manager, for example, and, uh, and, the, and the mayor and the police department. And public safety is a big concern. We've had a lot of uh, officers resign after we paid for them to get certified. And so I know that you have part of your platform. You talk about public safety. So how are you going to address that? Well, Palmer? I think part of the problem that we have had recently with public safety is, is kind of as you alluded to we've had a trouble we've had great trouble keeping good officers um, we would we would hire well we're a very prestigious department to work for and we're a very well respected department but the morale problem that we've had that has been you know I don't think it's an exaggeration to say epidemic for a while has caused us to lose officers when we lose a new hire I mean the numbers I hear are cost us between a hundred thousand and three hundred thousand dollars between the time that we put into that and the cost of the um, training and things like that so we need to be sure that we have a, a quality department with good morale where when somebody hires the first day that they start I want that officer to think that this is the place that they want to retire well, yeah, I guess you're right on that. And finally, the uh, you know, looking towards the future with vision, and and I guess that's important too. I guess you got to figure out where you're going, sure. so you just don't get there and it overwhelms you. 
Right. Well, you'll never know if you've gotten there if you don't have a vision. That's right. So I guess that's part of your, your platform as well. Right. We need to... Fort Lauderdale is a great city. You know, I, I wasn't born in Fort Lauderdale. I live here because I chose it because of all the places I've been. This is the city that I love the most. And Fort Lauderdale has some amazing qualities. We have... We have a very welcoming local population. We have, you know, just great people here. We have the amazing climate and beaches that we're known for around the world. And we have so many gifts that we need to work on. We need to be, I believe, you know, continue to be a very welcoming city. We need to encourage our economic development and be a very strong city economically. And to have a diverse economic base that provides for not just the wealthiest in the community, but people across the economic spectrum. The, the lessons I think that we've learned from the past is that we're only going to be successful going forward if we all work together, if the input of everyone is valuable. And I think that that's what makes this election so important is because we're going to be having three new commissioners on the next Fort Lauderdale City Commission. Which I think is terrific, by the I, way. I think it's terrific, It's too. time for this change, too, because I've gone to a lot of the meetings, and i got to tell you, they're very frustrating, and you have some people there who think that they are above the people who elected them to the office. Right, and nothing could be further from the truth. You're a public servant, and the behavior that has often been exhibited is, is behavior that we wouldn't accept from a child. So I think what's important with the new commission is to restore dignity to the city, first and foremost. That's a good one. That's a goodie. That's a good one. And we need to restore integrity. We need to have a process that people trust. And we need to have a, a city that people are proud of again. People love their city, and it's time that they were proud of their city government again. So, now, having said all of that, you've got one minute. Give us a good reason why they should vote for you, Coleman. What's the, re what's the best, most wonderful reason they should vote for Coleman Pruitt? Well, I am... Uh, I'm a hard-working guy. I'm a self-made guy. Everything I have, I built, I made myself. You know, I have been very lucky in my life that I benefited from a great educational system, and I've grown up in one of the greatest areas of the world. My passion is here in South Florida, and I have a great vision for what this city can be. You know, I've seen it grow. I've seen it change over the years, and I think I know what we can achieve. And I know in my heart that the only way that we can really do that is by all of us working together. It's time that we learn some of these lessons from the past, that we all rode together, that we all shared a common vision, and when we do that, there is nothing that we can't accomplish as a city. That sounds good. It sounds very progressive, Coleman. It's, this is a very important race, Rich. This is going to be the race people look back in 20 years and say, this is the time when things got better. This is the time when, you know, we really made a good, positive change in the city. Now, I th Listen, I embrace everything you're saying on that, because uh, having been a resident since 1985, uh, <clears throat> I have become convinced that I've watched a lot of the social services, I've watched a lot of the, the goodness of our community go right down the tubes. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes people sacrifice um uh their 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 goodness in the future for a quick buck right now and um and we can't deal with it one of the worst things you can do is let the future overwhelm you and not plan for the future and if you're going to be part of this concept of let's look forward let's not you know develop into a super megalopolis that just is overwhelming us then you know you're the guy and uh Coleman where can they learn more about you or reach your uh, your campaign you can always Check out my website at www.colemanpruitt.com, P-R-E-W-I-T-T, -T, or uh, you can always call at 954-614-9942. 
And you know what? If you if you believe in this, get a hold of Coleman, talk to him, and talk to his staff. Presume you have a couple of people working with you doing this. So uh, and maybe you want to get involved and get out there. You know, maybe you want to get the sign out there. Maybe you want to get some brochures out there. Maybe you want to do some emails or something. Uh, so it's great to have Coleman Pruitt running for uh, District Four, Fort Lauderdale Commission right here in Fort Lauderdale. Coleman, have a great evening. You too, Rich. Thank All right, you. Take much. care. Thanks for coming. Bye bye. Well, that's about it for today. We got about 35 seconds left, and I want to thank everybody for listening in today on 880 The Biz and Wanda for pushing the buttons and being there for sure, me. Sure, why not? And uh, and again, very special day. Write this down in your calendar. This is something you're going to remember for the rest of your life if you have a conscience. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Bye. Back for more of the good. I'm going to miss you. You had such potential. The bad. The business. But then again, all good things must come to an end. This is the Rich Rothman Show.